Okay, okay. So we're going to finish off strong with the um, language. So language is fundamental to the creation of communities. The ability to communicate is really essential, clearly. Um, so there's five basic components of language. There's phonology, morphology, semantics, syntax, and pra pragmatics. So phonology is the actual sound of language. There's about 40 speech sounds or phonemes in English. Um, there's many more in other languages. Children must learn to produce and recognize the sounds of language, separating them from environmental noises and other human-created sounds like coughing. Um, when a language has subtle differences in speech sounds that represent a change in meanings, children are able to children learn to distinguish those phonemes. Um, this is called categorical perception. The ability to recognize a word as being the same, even if the pronunciation varies between people, is an auditory example of constancy, which we discussed before. So there's the International Phonetic Alphabet. Um, pretty cool. I don't really think I'll go over that, but it exists. There's morphology, the structure of words. Many words are composed of multiple building blocks called morphemes, which connotes the particular meaning. Like, there's the root. Um, yeah, okay, I won't go into that. Um, there's semantics, the association of meaning with a word. So a child must learn that certain combinations of phonemes represent certain physical objects or events, and that words may refer to entire categories like women, while others reserve refer to specific members of categories like mommy. Um, there's syntax, which is how words are put together to form sentences, so a child must notice the effects of word order on meaning. Then there's pragmatics, which is the dependence of language on context and pre-existing knowledge, so the manner in which we speak may differ depending on the audience and our relationship to that audience. Um, and pragmatics are also affected by prosody, the rhythm, cadence, and inflection of our voices. That was an example of that. Um, so, to effectively interact with society, a child has to learn to communicate through language, whether oral or signed. Um, there is babbling, which is a precursor to language. So, children, including deaf children, can begin to babble during their first year. For hearing children, babbling reaches its highest frequency between 9 and 12 months, and then for deaf, it ceases soon after it begins. The timeline of language acquisition is consistent among children. So, from 12 to 18 months, children had about one word per month. At 18 months, an explosion of language begins, so during this naming explosion, the child quickly learns dozens of words and uses each word with varying inflection and gestures to convey a desired meaning. So, um, during this naming explosion, children may also frequently fall into overextension where they inappropriately apply a term to an object that bears cursory similarities to the term. So, referring to a kiwi and asking apple, um, gestures, inflection, and context are essential for the parent or caregiver to identify the meaning for children at this age. Between 18 and 20 months, the children begin to combine words. Um, context and gesture becomes less important as the ability to assemble sentences develops. By age 2 to 3, children can speak in longer sentences, vocabulary grows exponentially, and the child creates longer sentences. Grammatical errors increase. Um, errors of growth in which a child applies a grammatical rule often a morpheme in a situation where it does not apply, like run instead of ran, or funner instead of more fun. Um, parents are less likely to correct errors of grammar than errors of word choice, which is interesting. And then language is mastered by the age of five, usually. So it usually appears easy, and yeah. Nativist biological theory, credited to linguist Noam Chomsky, advocates for the existence of some innate capacity for language. Um, Chomsky is known for his study of transformational grammar. He focused on syntactic transformations or changes in the word order that retain the same meaning. Um, Chomsky, Chomsky noted that children learn to make such transformations effortlessly at an early age, and this ability must be innate. 
So this innate ability is called the language acquisition device, a theoretical pathway in the brain that allows infants to process and absorb language rules. Nativists believe in a critical period for language acquisition between two years and puberty, and if no language exposure occurs during this time, later training is largely ineffective. So the idea came to light through an unfortunate test case, um, which is a victim of child abuse. And the child was able to learn some rules indicate that there is a sensitive period for language development rather than a critical period. So a sensitive period is a time when environmental input has maximal effect on the development of an ability. So then there's the learning behaviors theory proposed by B.F. Skinner. So language acquisition by operant conditioning. Skinner explained that language acquisition by reinforcement. So parents and caregivers repeat and reinforce sounds. So, while this may account for the development of words in speech, many psycholinguists point out that this theory cannot fully explain the explosion in vocabulary that happens during early childhood. So, the social interactionist theory of language development focuses on the interplay between biological and social processes, so language acquisition is driven by the child's desire to communicate and behave in a social manner, um, like interacting with their caretaker or other children. Uh, interactionist theory allows for the role of brain development in the acquisition of language and uh, the brain groups sounds and meaning together so the child interacts with others and certain brain circuits are reinforced while others are de-emphasized resulting in atrophy of those circuits. Uh, psycholinguistics has focused on the relationship between language and thinking so there's linguist Benjamin Warp who proposed the Warpian hypothesis also known as the linguistic relativity hypothesis which suggests that our perception of reality way that we think about the world is determined by the content of language, so language affects the way that we think rather than the other way around. Um, so, most linguists agree that language can influence how we think to some degree, word choice, inflection, context, and speaker all play a role in our perception of a message, and language often provides an original framework for understanding information, so there's that. Um, we discussed this earlier, but there's the two different areas of the brain that are responsible for speech production and language comprehension, um, both located in the dominant hemisphere, which is usually the left hemisphere. Broca's area, located in the inferior frontal gyrus of the frontal lobe, controls motor function of speech via connections um, with the motor cortex. Wernicke's area, located in the superior temporal gyrus of the temporal lobe, is responsible for language comprehension. Broca's area and Wernicke's area are connected by the arcuate fasciculus. Um, a bundle of axons that allows appropriate association between language comprehension and speech production. So, aphasia is a deficit of language production or comprehension. Much of what we know regarding language and aphasia is through observations of people with damage. So, when damage occurs to Broca's area, speech comprehension is intact, but the patient will have a reduced or absent ability to produce spoken language. This is known as Broca's aphasia or expressive aphasia. Um, these patients are very frustrated because they are stuck with a sensation of having every word on the tip of your tongue. But on the other hand, when Warnke's area is damaged, motor production and fluency of speech is retained, but the comprehension of speech is lost. So this is Warnke's aphasia or receptive aphasia. So the patients speak nonsensical sounds and inappropriate word combinations devoid of meaning because speech comprehension is lost. Um, they believe that they're speaking and understanding perfectly well, even though the people around them have no comprehension of what's being said, which is also really frustrating. And then if the arcuate fasciculus is affected, then the resulting aphasia is known as conduction aphasia. Um, speech production and comprehension are intact, but the patient is unable to repeat something that has been said because the connection between these two regions has been lost. And this is pretty rare.
Um, so we will finish off with our summary. It's kind of a lengthier concept summary. So we'll start with cognition. Thought is more than just that of which we are conscious. The brain processes and makes decisions about the importance of various stimuli below the level of conscious awareness. The information processing model states that the brain encodes, stores, and retrieves information much like a computer. The ability to think abstractly develops over lifespan. Early cognitive development is limited by brain maturation. Culture, genes, and environment also influence cognitive development. Piaget's stages of cognitive development are sensory motor, pre-operational, concrete operational, and formal operational. The sensory motor stage focuses on manipulating the environment to meet physical needs through circular reactions. Object permanence ends the stage. The pre-operational stage focuses on symbolic thinking, egocentrism, and centration. The concrete operational stage focuses on understanding the feelings of others and manipulating physical or concrete objects. The formal operational stage focuses on abstract thought and problem solving. Um, a mild level of cognitive decline while aging is normal. Significant changes in cognition may signify an underlying disorder. And biological factors that affect cognition include organic brain disorders, genetic and chromosomal conditions, metabolic derangements, and drug use. Moving on to problem solving and decision making. Problem solving requires identification and understanding of the problem, generation of potential solutions, testing of potential solutions, and evaluation of results. A mental set is a pattern of approach for a given problem. An inappropriate mental set may negatively impact problem solving. Functional fixedness is the tendency to use objects only in the way that they are normally utilized, which may create barriers to use problem to problem solving. Types of problem solving include trial and error, algorithms, seductive reasoning, which is deriving conclusions from general rules, and inductive reasoning, which is deriving generalizations from evidence. Um, heuristics, biases, intuition, and emotions may assist decision making, but may also lead to erroneous or problematic decisions. Heuristics are shortcuts or rules of thumb used to make decisions. Biases exist when an experimenter or decision maker is unable to objectively evaluate information. Intuition is a gut feeling regarding a particular decision. However, intuition can often be attributed um, to experience with similar situations, and emotional state often plays a role in decision making. Gardner's theory of multiple intelligences proposes seven areas of intelligence, including linguistic, logical, mathematical, musical, visual, spatial, bodily, kinesthetic, interpersonal, and intrapersonal. Variations in intellectual ability can be attributed to combinations of environment, education, and genetics. States of consciousness include alertness, sleep, dreaming, and altered states of consciousness. Oh, we've moved on to consciousness. Sorry. Um, alertness is the state of being awake and able to think, perceive, process, and express information. Beta and alpha waves predominate on electroencephalography, so EEG. Sleep is important for the health of the brain and the body. Stage 1 sleep is light sleep and is dominated by theta waves on EEG. Stage 2 is slightly deeper and includes theta waves, sleep spindles, and K-complexes. Stages 3 and 4 are deep, slow wave sleep. Um, delta waves predominate on EEG. Most sleep-like disorders occur during stage 3 and 4, non-rapid eye movement sleep. Uh, dreaming in SWS focuses on consolidating declarative memories. Rapid eye movement sleep, or REM sleep, is sometimes called paradoxical sleep. The mind appears close to awake on the EEG, but the person is asleep. Eye movements and body paralysis occur in this stage. Dreaming in REM focuses on consolidating procedural memories. The sleep cycle is approximately 90 minutes for adults. The normal cycle is stage 1, 2, 3, 4, 3, 2 REM, or just 1, 2, 3, 4 REM, although REM becomes more frequent toward the morning. Stages in light in the evening. Changes in light in the evening trigger release of melatonin by the pineal gland, resulting in sleepiness. Cortisol levels increase in the early morning and help promote wakefulness. Circadian rhythms normally trend around a 24-hour day. And most dreaming occurs during REM, but some occurs during other sleep stages, and there are many different models that attempt to account for the content and purpose of dreaming. 
Sleep-like disorders include dysomnia, such as insomnia, narcolepsy, sleep apnea, sleep deprivation, and then parasomnias include night terrors and sleepwalking or somnambulism. Hypnosis is a state of consciousness in which individuals appear to be in control of their normal faculties but are in a highly suggestible state, so hypnosis is used for pain control, psychological therapy, memory enhancement, weight loss, and smoking cessation. Meditation involves a quieting of the mind and is often used for relief of anxious of anxiety. It has also played a role in many of the world's religions. Uh, moving on to consciousness-altering drugs, they are grouped by effect into depressants, stimulants, opiates, and hallucinogens. So depressants include alcohol, barbiturates, and benzodiazepines, so they promote or mimic GABA activity in the brain. Stimulants include amphetamines, cocaine, and ecstasy. They increase dopamine, norepinephrine, and serotonin concentration at the synaptic cleft. Opiates and opioids include heroin, morphine, opium, and prescription pain medications such as oxycodone and hydrocodone. They can cause death by respiratory depression. Hallucinogens include lysergic acid, diethylamide, LSD, peyote, mescaline, ketamine, and psilocybin-containing mushrooms. Marijuana has a depressant, stimulant, and a hallucinogenic effect. Its active ingredient is tetrahydrocannabinol, or THC. And drug addiction is mediated by the mesolymphic pathway, which includes the nucleus accumbens. Why can I not pronounce that? Medial forebrain bundle and ventral tegmental area. Dopamine is the main neurotransmitter in this pathway. So into attention, selective attention allows one to pay attention to a particular stimulus while determining if additional stimuli in the background require attention. And divided attention uses automatic processing to pay attention to multiple activities at one time. Language consists of phonology, morphology, semantics, syntax, and pragmatics. Uh, phonology is the actual sound of speech. Morphology is the building blocks of words. Uh, semantics refers to the meaning of words. Syntax refers to the rules dictating word order. And pragmatics refers to the change in language. Changes in language delivery depending on context. So th theories of language development focus on different reasons or motivations for language acquisition. The nativist biological theory explains language acquisition as being innate and controlled by the language acquisition device. Learning behaviorist theory explains language acquisition as being controlled by operant conditioning and reinforcement by parents and caregivers. And then the social interactionist theory explains language acquisition as being caused by a motivation to communicate and interact with others. The Worfian or linguistic relativity hypothesis states that the lens through which we view and interpret the world is created by language. Speech areas in the brain are found in the dominant hemisphere, which is usually the left. The motor function of speech is controlled by Broca's area. Damage results in Broca's aphasia, which is a non-fluent aphasia in which generating each word requires great effort. Language comprehension is controlled by Wernicke's area. Damage results in Wernicke's aphasia, which is a fluent, nonsensical aphasia with lack of comprehension. And then the arcuate fasciculus connects Wernicke's and Broca's areas. Damage results in conduction aphasia, which marks is marked by the inability to repeat words heard despite intact speech generation and comprehension. Cool, cool, cool. We're gonna speed right along into motivation, emotion, and stress. So catch you there.